Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful to connect with you and join with you by means of this podcast. Our topic this week is how is peace possible? How is peace possible in this crazy wackadoo world? How can we possibly have peace? Let's find out. Course in Miracles is going to tell us. So I invite you to join with me as I say a prayer, a blessing to start us off. I place my hand on my heart and I take a deep breath and I am grateful. So grateful for A Course in Miracles, so grateful for the love of God, which is active in our minds. So grateful and thankful that we're leaving the past behind. So grateful to open ourselves to unprecedented, unlimited insight and awakening awareness. We are truly grateful. So, so grateful for the wholeness, the perfection, the beauty, the wisdom, the clarity. So grateful to allow it to unfold with ease and with grace. Yes, we're opening ourselves to new insight right here, right now. (laughs) And we let it unfold. We share the benefits with everyone Because we're united, forever one in this field of love. We are the field of love. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Today, I feel guided for us to look at the Manual for Teachers which is something I really love. If you've never looked at the Manual for Teachers, I find that it is a great introduction to the workbook and to the text. And uh, same with the clarification of terms. Both the clarification and the Manual for Teachers are helpful in explaining a lot of the key uh, teachings of A Course in Miracles. Some people call them key concepts, but A Course in Miracles doesn't have any real concepts in it. It is teaching truth. And so concepts are not truth. And I think that's helpful to understand. All right, so chapter 11 in the Manual for Teachers, and the, the Teacher's Manual chapters are so short, uh, Unlike the text, which have many sections, the teacher's manual is very short chapters. So 
Chapter 11 is called, How is Peace Possible in This World? And it begins this way. This is a question everyone must ask. How is peace possible in this world? We're asking that question today. Certainly peace seems to be impossible here in this world. Yes, don't we know it? (laughs) We do, we do, we do. And yet we are willing to discover that it's not impossible. So mission possible. Mission peace possible. Jesus writes, Yet the word of God promises other things that seem impossible as well as this. God's word has promised peace. It has also promised that there is no death, that resurrection must occur, and that rebirth is man's inheritance. The world you see cannot be the world God loves, and yet his word assures us that God loves the world. God loves the world. And it's a small w. God loves the world. And I don't know about you, but me, as part of God, part of the oneness, I love this world. I do. For all its insanity, I love this world. I love humanity. I love the animals. I love the nature. I love it. It is an amazing kind of exploration, video game experience. (laughs) So God's word has promised that peace is possible here. And what God promises can hardly be impossible. But it is true that the world must be looked at differently if God's promises are to be accepted. So let us accept the promises of God today. Yes, the peace of God is ours today. What the world is, is but a fact. You cannot choose what this would be. But you can choose how you would see it. Indeed, you must choose this. You must. We're choosing to have a right perspective, a right view, to be right-minded, to be miracle-minded, and to see the world from that perspective, that point of view. Paragraph two, he says, again, we come to the question of judgment. This time, ask yourself whether your judgment or the word of God is more likely to be true. For they say different things about the world and things so opposite that it is pointless to try to reconcile them. God offers the world salvation. Your judgment would condemn it. God says there is no death. Your judgment sees but death as the inevitable end of life. God's word assures you that he loves the world. Your judgment says it is unlovable. Who is right? For one of you is wrong. It must be so. So let's just say 
we've we've been wrong. We've been seeing through a glass darkly. We've been seeing through a lens that's foggy. We've been seeing what we wanted to see, and we're not interested in seeing it that way anymore. We're shifting our view. He then says, the text explains that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all problems you have made. And let me just interject here that all problems, yes, we've made all problems. There are no problems that we didn't make. (laughs) And we made them through our misperceptions, through our attachments to our view. And... How wonderful that the Holy Spirit is the answer to all problems we've made. These problems are not real, but that is meaningless to those who believe in them. And everyone believes in what he made, for it was made by his believing it. That's how things are made in this world. First comes our thought, our belief. That's how things are made in this world. And we can change our mind, go the other way. And that's what we're endeavoring to do. That's what you and I are saying yes to, going the other way, and not repeating the same old, same old. Mm. Into this strange and paradoxical situation, one without meaning and devoid of sense, yet out of which no way seems possible, God has sent his judgment to answer yours. And judgment here is with a capital J. So it is a righteous judgment. In the previous paragraph, paragraph two of this chapter 11, In the Manual for Teachers, he was talking about our judgment with a capital, I mean with a small j. So God has sent his judgment, capital J, to answer yours. Gently, God's judgment substitutes for yours. And through this substitution is the un-understandable made understandable. How is peace possible in this world? In your judgment, it is not possible and can never be possible. But in the judgment of God, what is reflected here is only peace. It's only peace. I think of Jesus napping in the boat and the apostles were terrified for their lives. And Jesus said, ye of little faith. I have learned to place my faith in God and not in my opinions. I've learned that that is a path of peace for me. And I invite you to try it out. Let's go to paragraph four here. He says, peace is impossible to those who look on war. Peace is inevitable to those who offer peace. How easily, then, is your judgment of the world escaped? It is not the world that makes peace seem impossible. It is the world you see 
that is impossible. Yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it and made it fit to welcome peace. And peace descends on it in joyous answer. Peace now belongs here because a thought of God has entered. What else but a thought of God turns hell to heaven merely by being what it is? So, the way to turn hell into heaven is to stop turning heaven into hell. So, our thoughts and our beliefs about the hellishness of this world perpetuate it. And that's why he begins with peace is impossible to those who look on war. So right now we have a Russian invasion of Ukraine. They are fighting a war, the people of these two countries. And for those of us who are observing, it looks horrific. Just horrific. And our job is to know that Peace is inevitable, that peace is where we're headed, and that the appearance will not stop the peace. It is inevitable. So instead of thinking that peace comes from situations and circumstances, We must remember that peace is our natural state. And for us to really bring benefit to the people who are experiencing war, we dig deep into our awareness, into our willingness to hold the peace of God in our mind. Because how can there be peace in the world if peace is not in our mind? It can't be. And that is what he's saying here. Peace is impossible to to those who look on war. Peace is impossible to those who look on war. I'm going to take us back to the chapter 2 in the text in the cause and effect section, which is section seven. And one of the things that Jesus says there in paragraph three, both miracles and fear come from thoughts. If you are free, excuse me, if you are not free to choose one, you would also not be free to choose the other. By choosing the miracle, you have rejected fear, if only temporarily. You have been fearful of everyone and everything. You are afraid of God, of me, and of yourself. You have misperceived or miscreated us with a capital U. And believe in what you have made. You would not have done this if you were not afraid of your own thoughts. The fearful must miscreate because they misperceive creation. 
When you miscreate, you are in pain. The cause and effect principle now becomes a real expediter, though only temporarily. Actually, cause is a term properly belonging to God, and his effect is his son. This entails a set of cause and effect relationships totally different from those you introduce into miscreation. The fundamental conflict in this world, then, is between creation and miscreation. All fear is implicit in the second, miscreation, and all love in the first, creation. The conflict is, therefore, between love and fear. And Jesus also tells us that the conflict comes when we say we'd like the peace of God, but we are not choosing it. We're choosing something else instead. And I remind myself that every time I get irritated, every time I get annoyed, I am choosing something other than peace. And I don't go to this place of I'm doing it to myself no, I'm not interested in blame or anything like that. I I used to be, but not so much anymore. And I am interested in being able to say to myself, hmm, I wonder why I'm interested in conflict right now. I wonder why I'm not choosing the peace of God. Hmm. So if we start to recognize that all conflict comes from miscreation, miscreation is not choosing the peace of God, and not choosing love, but instead, basically, fundamentally, choosing a false belief. And it's often some form of attack, whether we're attacking ourselves or someone else. It's that sense of... Uh, self-judgment or judging others, the complaints, the opinions, the sense of inferiority or superiority, the all the, the ways that we experience the mind choosing separation. So peace is available to us and we can see and experience and feel and know peace even though it looks like there's war in the world. In fact, it's absolutely critical that we do that, that we not judge the folks who are choosing to go to war, that we not judge the folks who are choosing to attack, to slaughter, that instead we have compassion for them because that is the only thing that is truly going to support them in coming back to their right mind. So this is what we're discovering here. Both miracles and fear come from thoughts, and we are free to choose either miracles or fear. I'm grateful that I'm aware that my willingness to choose peace brings benefit to everyone. I used to think that there were big thoughts or little thoughts, but there really aren't. It's about recognizing my investment in my thoughts. 
Am I invested in pain and suffering and perpetuating it, keeping it going forward because I feel like a victim and I'm angry and hurt and upset by it? So I'm continually cycling through the upset and in fact, in fact, victimizing myself in that crucifixion experience that I talked about um, a few weeks ago before Easter and and many other episodes about crucifixion and resurrection. I, I think understanding our self-crucifixion is really helpful to us. And it's very vital in this conversation about how to experience peace in this world and how to perpetuate peace in this world, how to share and extend and exemplify and model the peace in this world. It's really worth doing. This is one of the things, I may have shared this already this year, that I'm noticing this year is, I really feel a deep sense of peace most of the time. And I always have to give this um, aside, if you will, or it's not quite a caveat. But to just say, I still feel irritated by things every day. I still feel irritated sometimes when I'm walking my dog Bodhi and... We're not paying attention to each other, and she goes in one direction, and I go the other. And sometimes maybe she's watching a bird, and I don't realize it, and she wants to run after that bird. She jerks me like this past winter. I took a fall on the ice a few times because I didn't see, oh, no. And I injured my finger, two of my fingers, doing stuff with with her that because... I wasn't paying attention. She's just being her her beautiful self. So, but sometimes there's issues. And I I get annoyed, I get frustrated, not so much with her, but really with myself. Why do I get annoyed and frustrated and irritated with myself? Why do I lose my peace is I think it should be different. I think I should be paying better attention. I think these kinds of thoughts momentarily they flash through my mind and I don't beat myself up for it I don't even make myself wrong for it it just is what it is it's my teacher my own mind my own awareness my own experience my constant teacher and then I think I can choose peace instead of being upset because being upset is not going to repair my finger that's bruised or twisted in some way, it's not going to help me. If I make a mess and spill the supper all over the floor, being upset about it is not going to help me. And the being upset is a a knee-jerk reaction of self-judgment most of the time. So I'm very glad that I've gotten to the point that my upsets are tiny annoyances by comparison to the the circulating rage that I used to feel. And I understand that me staying peaceful means there's more peace in the world, and that brings benefit to everyone. And this is important to me.
One of the things that used to disturb my peace tremendously was feeling like I wasn't living my purpose, feeling like I wasn't doing the work I was meant to do. I felt like I wasn't on the right track. And I also uh, very much would get upset thinking, oh my gosh, I'm getting older and older and I still haven't accomplished the things I set out to. I thought by now I would be much more financially affluent, prosperous than I am. Uh, I would think, oh, I thought by now I would have seen these wonderful places in the world. I would have traveled extensively. I would have been married, perhaps, or uh, these kinds of things. I'd have my own home, own my own home by now. I used to have these kinds of thoughts, and I would get so upset judging myself that I was failing. I was failing at living a good life. I was failing at succeeding as a human person in this world. I was struggling and struggling and struggling. Now... I can see that in many of those instances when I was judging myself, I was not recognizing all of the success that I was having. So much success in being more loving, being more kind, being more awake, being more present. But I was still measuring myself against the world instead of really just being present with myself, which I'm able to do now. And those self-judgments have been able to fall away. And for this, I am profoundly grateful. And so this letting go of the judgment, the self-judgment, is one of the, the biggest helper I know of to bring more peace into this world. And if everyone would do this, we would all experience so much more peace. And we can, and we will, and we're working on it, and we're doing it together. (laughs) And I'm grateful for our fellowship and our companionship. Yes. Yes, thank you. Well, I'm so grateful for A Course in Miracles. You're listening to Jennifer Hadley. This podcast is A Course in Miracles. Walk in the talk, live in the love, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And here we go, back again. Thanks for joining me for the second half. Oh my goodness. I am going to just make a little announcement here. My Stop Playing Small online retreat is on again, doing it again. It starts May 13th and it is online. It's one of my favorite things to do. It is uh, an opportunity to have a really... uh, a series of breakthroughs and people tell me how meaningful it is. In fact, people like to retreat, repeat the retreat again and again 
because of that, is they can just come back and get some more breakthroughs. And no two retreats are ever the same. Of course not. The people are different. I'm different. And what we do varies and changes. And just like to have you know that the Stop Playing Small Retreat is not about playing big. It's about not playing small. So it's about not playing small in our relationships and not playing small with our spiritual practice. It's about letting go of false beliefs, limiting beliefs, and all the ways that we affirm lack and limitation. It's really about moving into the unprecedented, unlimited life of love that we are designed to live joyfully. So check out the details at jenniferhadley.com on the events page, or you can probably find it on the home page. We do start Friday, May 13th, and all the details are there on the web page. Then uh, if you register now, you'll get $500 off my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class based in A Course in Miracles Principles, and people love that one as well. And it's a really wonderful combination that anyone can do and become immersed in our community and discover some of the absolutely extraordinary and wonderful things that we have, the terrific fellowship. In fact, one of the things that people tell me all the time is that what they love about the program so much is not even my teaching, but the tremendous fellowship and the opportunities to immerse themselves in what we got going on at the Power of Love Ministry. So check it out. Get your $500 off Finding Freedom Boot Camp. Yes. All right. Let's get deep into this. How can we have peace in this world? So we're we're looking at the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 11. And we're almost done. We're almost to the bottom here. The last paragraph, and there's only four paragraphs in this chapter. The last, oh, did you hear that? My little kitty sneezed. I don't know if you've been hearing the the purring he's doing, my little sattva. Uh, he's so, oh my gosh, what a little love bug. What a little love bug he is. Yes, he is. He's looking up at me right now, sitting in my lap, saying, when are you going to be done with that so we can go play? Paragraph four. Peace is impossible to those who look on war. Peace is inevitable to those who offer peace. How easily then is your judgment of the world escaped? It is not the world that makes peace seem impossible. It is the world you see that is impossible. Remember, where do the A Course in Miracles lessons begin? I've given everything all the meaning that it has for me. So this is what we can accept. This is what we can recognize and know that I have given everything in the world all the meaning that it has for me. And if I don't like the way it is appearing in my awareness, on the screen of my life, it's up to me to change my mind about it. Now, 
a lot of times we think, well, how do I change my mind about it? I've got sickness in the body. I've got illness in my family. I've got uh, all kinds of financial issues, this and that. How do I change my mind about these pressing issues, the war in Ukraine? I, I know people in Russia. I know people in Ukraine. This is devastating. I'm worried there's going to be World War III or a nuclear holocaust. Here's how we get to peace in our mind. All that's required is willingness. So for me, it's about partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self and saying, I am interested in the peace. Show me how. I am willing to be at peace. I am willing to recognize that I am the one who is destroying my peace. I can change my mind. I can go the other way, but I don't know how in this moment. So I'm calling upon spirit, show me how, take me there. I'm so, so very willing. And then once you put it on this Holy Spirit, once you put it on God, leave it there. Don't take it back. Allow yourself to be led and guided. That's what I've learned. That's what has worked for me. And I feel it's so valuable for us to prove it, that it does work, to prove God works in our life, to prove that our mind is the mind of God, to prove that we can be miracle-minded, that we can experience extraordinary, miraculous healing if we're willing to choose it. So we have to choose it, and it's just that simple. Holy Spirit, I am choosing peace in my mind right now. Please make it so. I am willing to be at peace. I am willing to go the other way. I'm willing to do a U-turn. I'm willing to lay these attack thoughts down. Show me the way, and I will be there. I am so, so willing. That's what it takes. Do you have any idea how grateful I am that our willingness is all that's required? But we often do not demonstrate that willingness. Instead, we wonder how it's going to happen. Because we think we have to make it happen. But it's so important that we stop trying to make it happen and simply allow spirit to lead us and guide us. And by spirit, I really do mean our own higher Holy Spirit self. So Jesus says here, it is the world you see that is impossible. Remember that Jesus talked about for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. This is what he's talking about. Are we willing to see the new heaven and the new earth? Or are we only going to see our projections? Will we see what's truly there? The extraordinary potential. Will we choose to be miracle-minded? Or will we continue to invest in our judgments and opinions? He says, yet has God's judgment on this distorted world redeemed it and made it fit to welcome peace. 
and peace descends on it in joyous answer. Peace now belongs here because a thought of God has entered. What else but a thought of God turns hell to heaven merely by being what it is? The earth bows down before its gracious presence, and it leans down in answer to raise it up again. Now is the question different. It is no longer, can peace be possible in this world? But instead, is it not impossible that peace be absent here? Is it not impossible that peace be absent here? The presence of God is in our mind. We can have peace if we're willing. Now, I don't know about you, but I can say for sure there have been so many times when I was unwilling to choose peace. I was definitely unwilling to choose peace. Because I was angry, because I was resentful, because I was so hurt and I was afraid of getting hurt some more. And so I was not willing to be at peace. I used to do things like go visit people, expecting them to disappoint me, expecting them to upset me because that's what I thought I thought that other people upset me I truly did not realize that it wasn't other people upsetting me it was my thoughts about myself and them that were upsetting me it was my thoughts and I could go the other way I didn't know that I really didn't. It took me a long time to recognize it. But once that light bulb went off, once that light was there in my mind and I was willing, I mean, the light was always there, but finally I was willing to take responsibility for the choices I was making in my thinking that was destroying my peace. And that made all the difference. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you may have come across my many relationship episodes, and it's easy to search for them in the search function in your podcast app, or you can go to livingacourseofmiracles.com, where we have all the episodes listed, and you can do a search in there. I will just mention here that if you're on iTunes device, Uh, Their podcasts only hold 300 episodes, so for the iTunes audience, we created a second podcast called A Course Miracles Archive, and we're probably going to be soon creating one that's a third podcast, because this is about 550 episodes we've got done here, and So if you've been listening for a while, then you know I talk about in Chapter 17, Section 5, the healed relationship, which is, uh, to me, such a great instruction 
on healing the relationship. And I've done many episodes about relationship. And just a little bit later at uh, in chapter 17, uh, towards the end of it there, uh, the last section in this re- re- chapter 17 on forgiveness and the holy relationship, the last section is called the conditions of peace. So let's look at that because... Most of the things that disturb our peace are related to our relationships, are they not? So let's look. Paragraph 1. The holy instant is nothing more than a special case or an extreme example of what every situation is meant to be. Nothing more than a special case or an extreme example of what every situation is meant to be. Every situation is meant to be the holy instant. The holy instant of joining, of recognizing our holiness, our magnificence, and standing in the truth, giving up our false beliefs. The meaning that the Holy Spirit's purpose has given it is also given to every situation. It calls forth just the same suspension of faithlessness, When we have a sense that our peace is disturbed, where is our faith? Where is our trust? It's in our beliefs. It's in our opinions. In other words, it's not in truth. It's in falsehoods. And that's why it's so upsetting. It's not what's happening. It's that... We are choosing to invest in that which is not true, and we're frightening ourselves. We're disturbing our peace, and we're actively choosing that over and over and over again. That is what makes it so disturbing. So being willing to choose peace means being willing to let go of our attachments to the false beliefs. The meaning that the Holy Spirit's purpose has given it is also given to every situation, given to it, the holy instant. It calls forth just the same suspension of faithlessness withheld and left unused that faith might answer to the call of truth. The holy instant is the shining example, the clear and unequivocal demonstration of the meaning of every relationship and every situation seen as a whole. Faith has accepted every aspect of the situation, and faithlessness has not forced any exclusion on it. It is a situation of perfect peace simply because you have let it be what it is. So when we Accept what is, let it be what it is, not give it meaning, not add opinions and judgments, I like it, I don't like it, just let it be, then we can be at peace, even with very difficult situations. Faith. 
Faith has accepted every aspect of the situation and faithlessness has not forced any exclusion on it. It is a situation of perfect peace simply because you have let it be what it is. The simple courtesy is all the Holy Spirit asks you. Excuse me, this simple courtesy, letting it be what it is, is all the Holy Spirit asks of you. Let the truth be what it is. Do not intrude upon it. Do not attack it. Do not interrupt its coming. Let it encompass every situation and bring you peace. Not even faith is asked of you, for truth asks nothing. Now, we were talking about this in Masterful Living recently. Truth is healing, right? It sets us free. And it does. Allowing our mind to open to the truth. We don't have to know what the truth is consciously. We simply are willing to allow. We simply are opening ourselves to the truth. That is the living willingness demonstration that is so deeply healing. Let it enter and it will call forth. Let the truth enter and it will call forth and secure for you the faith you need for peace. But rise you not against it, for against your opposition it cannot come. So, in other words, we we have to be willing to accept the peace of God is available to us and not argue with it, not need to be right about it, not need to be right about how wrong things are. If we pay attention carefully, everyone can see that we are the ones who upset ourselves. We blame the world, we blame the crazy, cray-cray world for our upsets. But lo and behold, the truth is, we are the ones that are upsetting ourselves, not the world. And when we stop upsetting ourselves about the world, the world will shift and change. We will experience more and more of the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus goes on, Would you not want to make a holy instant of every situation? For such is the gift of faith, freely given wherever faithlessness is laid aside, unused. And then the power of the Holy Spirit's purpose is free to use instead. This power instantly transforms all situations into one sure and continuous means for establishing His purpose and demonstrating its reality. What has been demonstrated has called for faith and has been given it. So this is what I'm talking about with proving God. The power of the Holy Spirit's purpose is free to use instead. Instead of projection. And then the power of the Holy Spirit's purpose is free to use instead. This power instantly transforms all situations into one sure and continuous means for establishing God's purpose.
and demonstrating its reality. We can do this. We just need that willingness. What I think is valuable and not easy, not even simple, is challenging, but I think what's incredibly helpful is to be willing to make what I call a masterful inquiry. To make that inquiry and ask ourselves, what is it I like about being upset? What is it I like about being upset? And is that what I'm interested in? Is that how I wish to invest my precious time and energy? Being upset. So I talked about earlier at the beginning of the, uh, after the break, about my Stop Playing Small retreat that's coming up this month of May, May 13th it starts. And we get so upset. I used to get so upset because I felt like I was playing small. I was not allowing myself to really share my gifts and talents. Why wasn't I allowing myself to share my gifts and talents? Why wasn't I allowing myself to have the deep, intimate relationships that I desired to have? Why was I holding myself back and playing small from my awakening? Why was I choosing that? I looked long and hard, and I found a myriad of reasons. And for me, the key was to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self and to be willing to look at my compulsive, addictive attraction to self-sabotage, playing small, getting in my own way, thinking I wasn't good enough, thinking I was unlovable, all these different habits and patterns. But to really be willing to look at, okay, this is what I am choosing. Life is not happening to me. So I went from placing my faith in my opinions, in my judgments, in my pronouncements. I went from placing my faith in, I'm offended by what's happening here. And I think I know what's happening here. I decided to take a big step back and practice that lesson 25. I don't know what anything is for. I do not know what anything is for. If I did, I would not be upset. If I knew what things were for, I would rejoice. I would be happy. I would be grateful. And that is the truth of it. And it was through that recognition that I began to choose peace instead of war. Because I was at war with the world. I was at war with my family, with friends, with sweethearts, with the men in my life at work. I often found some way to be at war. And yet I blamed all of it on other people. They're doing it to me. They're getting in my way. They're harshing my buzz. They're the problem. I blame them. I finally took responsibility because I saw it as the way out of hell. I saw 
that if I took responsibility and it's not happening to me anymore, it's happening by me, then I can go the other way because I'm the one who's the decider. I am deciding what I am going to believe. And so then I can move into that place of Holy Spirit, just show me. I I don't want to figure it out. Just show it to me. Make it plain. Make it clear. Make it easy. Make it simple. Make it irresistible. And that's what I began to experience. So I offer that to you as a spiritual practice. Yes. I am also going to offer to you my gratitude and my thanks. I am so grateful and so thankful for the opportunity to offer this podcast up. I love it. I love you. And I'm so grateful for this connection. Many folks who listen to the podcast come into the programs. I get to meet them. The programs we offer at Power of Love Ministry and JenniferHadley.com. And I am so grateful. We have so much going on in the ministry. We've got Sundays with Spirit. We've got the free inspirational text messages. I write daily inspiration called my daily shot of spiritual espresso. And, of course, we have all these episodes of the podcast. We've got Stop Playing Small Retreat coming up. We've got my boot camp coming up, my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp, and wonderful opportunities for us to connect, to heal. There's also my Sacred Circle. That is my weekly spiritual counseling call. And anyone can join. Try it out for a month. You are more than welcome. I love to have you coming uh, and joining us. You can ask me any question you like almost every week of the year. And we have a very sacred community. You'd be most welcome. Oh, my goodness. Thank you to all those who support the ministry and who participate in the most wonderful ways. I love and appreciate you. I thank God for you. Let's pray. So grateful and thankful for the love of God that shines in our awareness now and forever. So grateful that we can let the past go and that we can cultivate a deep and abiding faith in the truth. We are grateful to let go of the habits of placing our faith and trust in that which is false, in our projections and misperceptions, the miscreations. We are grateful to love fully and completely and to be a benefit to our brothers and sisters. We share our healing with everyone because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.